Today is Thursday, October 5th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Speaker Trump will have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. And email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Joining me now to get through the news of the Cray on this Friday junior edition of the podcast, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell. What's up, gentlemen? What's going on? I am pumped, caffeinated, ready to be here, ready to dive in. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. It's a it's a great day to be alive. It's a great Thursday. It's a Friday junior. Amen. Absolutely. And we've got a lot coming up, including the rumors. Are they true that Trump is considering being the next Speaker of the House for the GOP? We'll talk about that. Also, some news on Liberty University. Yeah, so Liberty University, I feel like they've been in it. They've just been like the punching bag uh, yeah. in the news uh, since all the Jerry Falwell Jr. stuff. So uh, more revelations, not about Jerry, but about mishandling allegedly at the university of, of other is- issues. So we'll get into that. All right. Forward to the details on that. On the main thing, CBN's Dale Hurd has more on the German family that came here and was they were fighting for asylum to homeschool their kids. And now they're facing deportation next month. So Dale Hurd has the story coming up on the main thing. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Former President Donald Trump complained yesterday that he's stuck in New York City and would rather be out on the campaign trail. That's what he told reporters outside the courtroom yesterday. He said, I'd rather be right now in Iowa. I'd rather be in New Hampshire or South Carolina or Ohio or a lot of other places, but I'm stuck here because I have a corrupt attorney general that communicates with the DOJ in Washington to keep me nice and busy. Trump has repeatedly said that the civil charge against him is really just an election interference effort from Democrats to try to stop him from winning the 2024 presidential election. Meanwhile, rumors are swirling that former President Trump might be interested in filling the now vacant House Speaker role, a move which, although possible, would be unprecedented. Some Republicans have floated the idea, and Trump himself responded to the hypothetical. He said, a lot of people have been calling me about Speaker. All I can say is we'll do whatever's best for the country and the Republican Party. He said that outside the courthouse as well, but he said, but my focus is on being president. Uh, adding that um, there are other great people in the GOP who'd be great House Speaker candidates. Uh, However, according to GOP sources, Trump is actually interested in the job. And world-renowned makeup artist and uh, tattoo artist Kat Von D has shared to the world that she's given her life to Jesus Christ. A great story. You can read it over at CBNnews.com. Well, the uh, 2024 drama is certainly heating up already, way ahead of when it usually does, but with Trump, everything is going to grab headlines and him coming out of the courtrooms. He, he doesn't ever seem to disappoint on that front. Yeah. I mean, the, the courtroom thing is wild. The speaker thing is crazy. I mean, this idea that he might actually be interested in this role, if that were to happen, can you imagine how that would send the entire 2024 race into oh a total goodness. tizzy? Right. I mean, and it's just the logistics of that. I don't even know. I, I, I am fascinated. That's all I can say by all of this. I feel like tizzy is not strong enough a word, <laughs> Billy, but 
Yeah, so at, at least a tizzy. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of crazy to think logistically, politically, what would that look like for the former president to become the speaker and potential future president uh, and campaigning there? I, Congress is already a complete circus. How much more of a circus would it be with Trump leading the House of Representatives and campaigning at the same time? It just doesn't seem like it's likely to happen just because of how insane that would be. But also people didn't think Donald Trump would ever be president in 2016. And here we are going into the next presidential cycle and he's the likely nominee, at least according to conventional thinking. Well, it makes it more likely that it's so insane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting because uh, you know, it's hard to project this far. I know he has a massive lead right now, but there have been weirder things that have happened in, in, over several months time, the thing, the, the, the ground, things can train change on the ground in politics really fast. And one of the things you keep seeing is that Trump has n- virtually no ga- ground game in some of these early states. So if he goes out there as uh, Eric Erickson and others have pointed out, if he goes out there and loses in Iowa and then New Hampshire, and then in South Carolina, I mean, you really could see things really tighten up. So yeah, big lead is, is great for him now, but that's not a guarantee. I mean, it's certainly, favorable for him but it's it it doesn't mean it's over like it things change very very quickly if you go back and look at some of the past elections and who was ahead at certain times you're like what that person even ran and they were the front runner at one point for some time so uh, I realize things are different now a little bit but that said I'm just saying that it's nothing uh, is a guarantee at this point yeah, well, I, you're 100% right. I mean, Trump was a joke when he first started campaigning, yeah. and then he came out of nowhere as the front runner and ultimately nominee. So, yeah, that's that's 100% true. Nikki Haley or DeSantis or whoever could, you know, pull ahead in a year's time and then, you know, clinch the nomination. We don't know what might happen. Well, could you imagine Trump comes into this role, hypothetically, and becomes <laughs> the peacemaker who bridges divides between the Democrats and Republicans and somehow is able to use that to his advantage in a presidential run. I don't know. I don't think I don't think that's likely, but But what a house of cards story that would be. It would be. It would be. And we'll be we'll stay tuned to your next uh, fiction novel Billy and the and the release date on that one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh it, it you're right, unlikely. I mean, look, never say never. I wouldn't be shocked at anything at this point. I guess I I have to learn to stop being shocked because it's always something different and it's always something that no one ever thought could happen. So who knows? Who knows? All right, we're going to head over to the focus story now. Liberty University, they're under investigation for federal violations. So what's in the report? Yeah, so the fact that Liberty is under investigation is not really new news. This is something that's been ongoing for a little while now. But uh, according to a preliminary report from the U.S. Department of Education, uh, Liberty University, which is actually where I am in Lynchburg, uh, Virginia, it's where I went to school, uh, they are allegedly facing allegate well they're they're facing allegations that they allegedly violated federal law for years uh, in failing to keep the campus residents safe by not warning them about potential dangers so obviously liberty was founded in 1971 by jerry falwell uh, senior uh, and among the allegations is that they have not been complying with the cleary compliance act uh, which requires university campuses to disclose any allegations uh, of sexual misconduct sexual assault uh, sexual violence of any kind just to disclose that obviously to uh, the police of course but also to the campus writ large so from 2016 to 2022 liberty allegedly failed to alert its campus community members about bomb threats gas 
gas leaks and people accused of sexual violence. And I think really, though, the most damning allegation in this report uh, is that Liberty officials uh, allegedly erased evidence of wrongdoing after investigations into the university uh, began. Uh, so the federally enacted Cleary Act, like I said, requires universities to report crimes that occur on their campuses. But the new report on Liberty, which was put together in May and just now released, includes details claiming that university authorities not only failed to comply with that act, uh, but also attempted to cover up their noncompliance. Uh, investigators with the Education Department discovered, quote, senior officials in HR sought the assistance of IT staff to wipe certain computer hard drives on April 26th. 2022, uh, the very week that the review team first visited the campus. Also, one of the other huge kind of bombshell allegations in this preliminary report is that one student alleged that a former unnamed president of the university, presumably one of the, not one of the Falwells, but one of the other short-lived presidents of the university in the past, uh, is guilty of sexual assault against that individual. There are no other details there, but those are the, the the real big bombshells in the preliminary report so far. Yeah, never a good sign when you see people erasing hard drives, usually, yeah. usually a sign of guilt. How's Liberty reacting here? Yeah, so Liberty University, they have said that they are detailing, quote, what they see as significant errors, misstatements, and unsupported conclusions in the department's preliminary findings. And then uh, Costi uh, or Dondi Costin, the now president of Liberty University, he said the university remains fully committed to ensuring compliance in this area uh, is met and maintained and understands the purpose of this review process is ultimately in the greater interest of our students, faculty, and staff. More than that, we recognize the original purpose of the Cleary Act is for the health, safety, and overall well-being of our entire university community as we remain steadfast in our mission of training champions for Christ. So obviously they're taking issue with the the Department of Education's report, but also uh, the president saying we're going to fully comply with with anything that you need, whatever you want uh, in this investigation. They're going to continue to comply. Uh, the full report is not supposed to come out for a little while, uh, and it, the final report will determine what consequences Liberty might face uh, should all of these allegations move from the preliminary report to the Department of Education's final report. Has Jerry Falwell Jr weighed in or said anything about this. Yeah, it's interesting. So we were just talking uh, right before we taped about how Jerry Jr. is is obviously he's the embattled former president of Liberty. He left after allegations of wrongdoing on his part for years uh, and has been kind of going after Liberty University now since his departure from the college uh, and has filed a few lawsuits against Liberty. Uh, and now he's actually speaking out and saying that he this particularly he's talking about the allegation of rape by a former university president. He said that this is the first time he's ever heard of that. He said, I have no idea what that's about. It's definitely not me. I never heard of any allegations like that about anybody. In fact, I didn't hear any allegations that Liberty wasn't compliant with the Cleary Act either or not reporting crimes properly until after I left Liberty. So he's kind of trying to wash his hands of it, saying there's nothing that I did wrong when it comes to this specific issue uh, and, and saying that he wasn't even aware that any of these things were going on. I don't know what degree of truth there is to that. 
as he was the president from 2007 when his dad died uh, until his exit in 2021. So uh, definitely an interesting statement from Jerry as the former president, but also as somebody who's kind of developed an adversarial relationship with Liberty since his exit too. Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, you know, you mentioned it kind of, this is just the latest for Liberty and you just can't help but think that these are sort of Satan's tactics against a university here that's trying to be you know, beacon for Christians, a place that Christians can send their kids to go and learn and not be bombarded with all the things of the world. So it does it does feel like kind of the latest hit and that we need to be praying for the leaders of liberty to kind of get this ship righted and then and back on course. Two things. One, we don't really know all of the details. It's a preliminary report. We're still sort of waiting to see. And and it doesn't seem like the university is saying all of these things are true, so we don't really know. But B, if they are true and the parts that we know may have some truth to them or assume they do, that I think just gives fodder to the secular world. And that's yeah. why we have to be so careful when we are in these positions. We all make mistakes, but we have to be very careful that we're living the truth we claim to believe and we're living that out. And so I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying it's a reminder to all of us to, to look at ourselves and our institutions. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, obviously I have a certain degree of bias. I live where Liberty's uh, campus is located. I graduated from Liberty. I really enjoyed my time at Liberty, but it, it does kind of grieve me to see this is the reputation that Liberty is developing. And I think it's twofold. Some of it, of course, is the wrongdoing of Jerry Jr. and the mistakes that the university may have made. Obviously, this is a preliminary report, so we don't know the facts of it. But if Liberty's responsible for for wrongdoing. Obviously, as you said, Dan, that needs to be corrected. I hate that that's the reputation that some people have of it. But also, I know that whenever you're a Christian institution and you're standing up for Christ, the secular world is going to look for any opportunity to malign you and to give you a bad reputation, whether you've earned it or not. So I think this is a really, really nuanced issue, and we just have to wait for the facts to come forward. Yeah. And look, it's it's a reminder that we have to in our work, in our home, in our lives, our personal lives, do our best through the Spirit to live above reproach. And yeah. for precisely this reason that you said, Trey, that they're they're looking. They are absolutely looking for, aha, see, I told you so. And we know we're going to trip up. We know we're going to mess up. But the key is when we do, you know, first of all, hopefully it's minimal amount of times. Secondly, when we do, let's own up to our mistakes and then repent of those mistakes and then take steps to move forward and show everybody and be transparent about that. That's the best you can do as a Christian. And people, you know, that will, people will respect that or they should respect that anyway. But you're absolutely right. People are definitely zeroing in and looking for the trip up. No doubt about it. Well, Trey, appreciate you putting that one on our radar today. I'm sure we'll see updates uh, from you on this one if uh, anything major happens. So appreciate you putting that one on the podcast today. All right. We are going to head over to the main thing now and a German family that has unsuccessfully fought for asylum to homeschool their kids in the United States is facing deportation next month, despite the fact that they've been living in Tennessee for 15 years with the government's blessing. Crazy situation unfolding and CBN's Dale Hurd has the story on today's main thing. Germany has some of the harshest punishments for homeschooling in the world. So when Uva and Hanalora Romaika decided in 2006 that God was calling them to homeschool their five children, the German government levied fines greater than the family's income. But the Romaikas could see that public school was damaging their children. Fights at school, pressure, bullying. 
The Romicus fled Germany in 2008, seeking asylum in the United States. After a series of legal battles, their asylum request was denied. But in 2013, the Obama administration granted them indefinite deferred action status. They could stay in the U.S. They settled in eastern Tennessee, where Uva works as a piano teacher, piano tuner, and performs at a local university. Then on September 6th this year, the Romaicas were told their deferred status had been revoked, and they had four weeks to obtain German passports and leave the country. The Romaicas had no prior warning of the deportation order and were offered no explanation except that there had been a change of orders. Over the past 15 years, the Romaicas have become a thoroughly American family. I don't identify myself much as a German anymore. Now they face the prospect of their family being ripped apart and essentially dropped off in a German city to suddenly start over. We would land on a German airport without a place to live, without work. Uva and Hanalora told us they do not believe the deportation order is God's will. I try to discern, is this from the Lord? Then I will submit. He knows I follow Jesus and I have given my life to him. And when he asks us to leave, I'm ready. But is, this, is it the devil? Then I have to resist. I have to stand against it. Kevin Bowden, an attorney at the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, is not sure what will happen when the Romaicas meet with Immigration and Customs Enforcement officers on October 11. Worst case scenario, of course, they could take them into custody and say, you don't have what you need or you have travel documents, we're going to take you into custody and buy you tickets and get you out of here. It's possible that they set this out for another four weeks and say, come back in four weeks and show us plane tickets that you've bought to get out of here, or it's possible they say come back in 12 months and, um, you know, live your life. U.S. Congresswoman Diana Harshbarger has filed a House bill that would create a path to citizenship for the Romaicas through green card status. There's hope for a Senate bill as well. The Biden administration could also intervene and order immigration officials to reinstate their deferred status. We asked ICE who ordered the deportation and why. They did not respond directly, but in a general statement said, ICE conducts removals of individuals without a lawful basis to remain in the United States, including at the order of immigration judges with the Justice Department's Executive Office for Immigration Review. The Romaicas say the matter is in the Lord's hands, but whatever happens, they say their family will stick together. I mean, we pray that God will uh, intervene and make a way where we right now don't see a way. His word is steady and is a rock and we can stand on it. And so I know he is fighting on our behalf. I just pray and uh, believe that God will keep us together. Dale Hurd, CBN News. All right, Dale, thanks so much for that report there. Really troubling story as we see so many people flooding into the country and then the ones that are high profile that the government decides to deport are a Christian evangelist and now a German homeschooling family. That's a troubling trend right there, and we certainly need to be praying for them. Uh, I appreciate Dale bringing that one to the podcast today. All right, that's going to leave us with time for one last thing. We're going to take a look at 1 Peter 3. 
Starting in verse 8, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you are called that you may obtain a blessing. So a, a charge for us as Christians on how to live and you know, not repaying evil for evil is in a lot of cases a tough one, but something that we are called to do. Yeah. And that you may obtain a blessing. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And a lot of times the blessing is the peace that we get, right? And not yeah. being controlled by the anger and hatred that comes from not forgiving. Yeah, for sure. I think so often we're, because we live in the the, the capitalist world we live in, we, we're looking for some sort of reward, like material material reward, but the reward is continuing to commune with the Lord, right? So uh, yeah, absolutely a great reminder. All right. Great spot to leave it on this Friday, Junior episode of the quick start podcast as always thanks so much for being here we appreciate it very much we're glad you're here getting through that news of the cray with us each and every weekday morning bright and early and lord willing and that creek don't rise we'll be back here tomorrow again with more god bless we'll see you then